I hope I have lots of more days I can shine in the future. But you know what? If not, it's not the end of the world. Like I'm not out to see how many victories I can get. I'm out to enjoy the journey. For me, it's not about, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. The better I do, the better person I am. That's totally not it. Um, It doesn't matter how many victories I have. For me, it's enjoying the journey and really setting the example to others and like my son. Like I want him to know like, hey, never give up. Do the best you can. Because you know what? That goes a long ways, not just in triathlon, but every aspect in life, through school, through your job, through um, relationships, through through everything. And that's the really example that I want to do. And you know, hey, I'm going to do the best I can to win another Ironman. Hopefully I can win many, many. But you know what? If I don't, that's okay. At least I tried my best. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess, your host. And along with my co-host, Coach BJ, we are on a mission to create a better world. A big part of that, of course, is this podcast and fulfilling our intention to bring meaningful conversations to the endurance sports world, but also through empowering every athlete out there to wake up to how powerful they truly are by putting the excuses and reasons to the side and embarking on a dedicated mental training practice through meditation and mindful living. This is not a mission of ease, and we have been beat up along the way. But when you know your purpose, which is the birthright of every single amazing human listening to this episode, then you know that there is no other choice. Staying safe and small is not an option for one with purpose on their heart, and we all have a purpose. We came here on purpose. There are no mistakes, and there is a beautiful divine plan for each one of us. It's our job to find it, to go in, to listen, to get still, and trust that what we see, taste, touch, smell, and hear is a very small part of the equation in which we exist. Our hope is that by diving under the surface of data and information, although we love that stuff too, that we can reveal the open-heartedness that goes hand in hand with top performances and the truth that no matter if we are professional or just beginning, we are not alone. At their essence, our challenges and dark moments of life are exact, no matter how they unfold in this physical reality. We are all subject to the human condition, which is why we believe that training the mind is a non-negotiable for every athlete out there. When we slow down every day from our intense training regimens, we open up to an acute awareness of how we move through the world, how our thought life conducts our reality, and the extremely precious gift of every breath we get to take. We find our way to this increased awareness of life on our unique timeline by our unique blueprint in this life. For some, it's gradual. For many, it's out of desperation for something more in life. And for others, like our guest today, it's by experiencing our worst fear. Matt Russell, American professional triathlete, is a veteran of the sport. He is a dad, a husband, a man with a strong faith, an Ironman Foundation ambassador, and a voice for the ALS community on account of a very personal experience of losing his mom at a young age to the disease. His first triathlon was the Lake Placid Mini Tri at the age of 16, and he's been a professional triathlete since 2011. Matt is a multi-time Ironman and 70.3 champion and no stranger to racing the best of the best on the big island every October. You'll hear athlete after athlete talk about the power and the energy of the island, and Matt is also no stranger to this. 
His son Mikhail's life was conceived on the island in 2016, and just one year later, while racing on the world stage of triathlon, Matt almost lost his own. As he reeled down the road at 35 miles per hour on the backside of the bike leg, Matt had no idea that in an instant he would be riding the very thin line between life and death. BJ and I were watching the coverage that day, and I can still remember the depths of that sick feeling I experienced when the news broke. It was one of those moments where you just immediately feel the interconnectedness, compassion, and love of who we truly are. We are so grateful that Matt is with us today, as it is not every day that we gain perspective from a being who has met the energy of death and not only risen from it back into the light of life, but to come back to the big island in 2018 to race himself into sixth place and achieve his highest placement yet, finishing with an impressive eight hours, four minutes, and 45 seconds. So without another moment passing, Matt Russell, thank you so much for being with us today. It's uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. And although there is a lot of good stuff we want to dive into, um, I believe that we'd be remiss if we didn't begin with this remarkable experience um, and the gift that you've been granted to continue to live um, as we have a full encompassing audience, ultra runners, athletes, non-athletes, Ironmans. I would love for you to just share about what happened on that day on the island in 2017. Yeah, 2017, um, you know, I'd like to say, you know, the island has uh, given me a couple of gifts and uh, you already touched upon one, um, you know, the the gift of my my son, Mikhail, um, and, you know, the other one is um, the gift of life. Um, And the gift of life, uh, you know, really there is two ways to come out of, uh, the accident. Um, and it's a, it'd be a negative one or a positive one. And every single thing I've done, I've tried to make it a positive one. And, you know, it's amazing what doors will open if you continue to have a positive attitude and, you know, like, uh, going back to the accident, I don't really remember a ton uh, of it. Um, and I think that's, that's a blessing. Um, I don't r- remember it. I do remember starting to come to in the hospital and asking the same questions over and over and over to um, my dad and my wife. You know, there I could have been stuck there, you know, for the rest of my life, you know, asking the same questions over and over again. And, you know, really, I'm just thankful to be here, you know, having a normal conversation um, and that, you know, I'm really blessed to be able to still do something that I love to um, the fullest of my potential. So it's, it's been quite the journey and there's definitely more in store for me. And, you know, I was literally, people don't know how close I was, but I was literally millimeters away from uh, severing my internal jugular. I, I severed my external jugular and my internal was exposed right there. And um, I literally almost bled to death. Uh, and uh, I, I, I guess at the scene of the accident, I was able to state my name. Uh, I think my date of birth and where I was and what I was doing, but, and I tried to still continue to race, which sounds, seems normal to, you know, anyone that's competing at that level. Uh, I was just kind of in shock. And then I think it was when I was in the ambulances when I started to lose consciousness. But yeah, I lost a tremendous amount of blood. I do remember the next uh, day or so just walking down the hall, um, holding an IV in me, um, 
to kind of half keep me up, but like literally it was, I was out of breath because I had no, hardly any blood in my, in my body. Cause I had lost, I can't remember how many, how many liters it was, but it was multiple liters of blood. Um, really, uh, the, you know, um, there's more in store for me and that's why I'm, uh, continue to do what I'm d- doing today, you know, uh, trying to be the best, uh, husband, father and athlete and, uh, take one day at a time. Yeah. And, um, for people who don't, uh, who don't know about the accident, um, Matt was going through an intersection, which in a race, you were just really handing over the, the trust to the people who are, are directing the intersections and things like that. But of course, looking alive, because that's what we do as athletes. Um, and from what I understand, there was a truck, uh, that was waiting and then a van came around the side of that truck and, um, like impact was imminent. There, there was, there was no time for you to stop. And essentially the stopping came from the impact with the car and miraculously you did not break any bones in your body. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's still, still a miracle. Um, uh, you know, uh, my, my head went through the side of the windshield and, and that's what really, um, I mean, that's what opened up my neck. And I think it was, um, it's about six inches long by at least an inch. And it was, it was deep. And, uh, I mean, I pulled out three pieces of glass from my neck and I, I still, I can still feel one piece of glass, uh, or foreign object in my neck. And, you know, my, I had a, a stitch right next to my eye and I still, ha- I have a divot right under my, uh, on my cheekbone. Um, but yeah, I didn't break a bone. I remember I moved uh, the wrong way, or I guess you could say the right way. And I, I popped the rib back in and that really hurt. Uh, that was like a week after, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a blessing, um, that I didn't break, break a bone. Um, and you know, I, I, Definitely have had hard times and hard days, uh, and you know there's a number of things that that's that helps me get through the day. But one big thing uh, that I've been doing is uh, meditation. There's so many things I feel like meditation has done for me personally, and it just you know opens um, opens up my heart. And you know after a meditation session, I feel like I can do anything. And I uh, there's there's days where sometimes I, I don't really want to do it, but it, it's kind of like training in a way. Um, after you're done, you, you're always glad. You always feel better. And uh, that's one thing that I, I try to add on a daily basis. So when did meditation come in to your life? Like, had you heard about it before, like the benefits, like the scientific benefits? What you're talking about is what I would consider like that connection to source or to God or, you know, whatever, whatever word people want to use that, that limitlessness, right? Like I can do anything and the open heartedness, which is our essence, which is love. Um, but prior to going to meditation, had you heard about it? Like the scientific research and stuff like, um, yeah, I, I definitely heard about it. Um, and my, my dad had started doing it too. Um, and I almost want to say something like my dad made a comment like, oh, you would never really be able to do it or, or you know, some, some kind of comment like that. But really, the thing is, anyone can do it. And there's many, many forms the way you can do it. And the way I first kind of stumbled upon it, I want to say back, it was right before Ironman Mount Tremblant in 2018. Uh, when uh, Cody Beals and Lionel Sanders, uh, they came one, two, and I was actually right behind Lionel Sanders. I want to say 
the meditation that I did, I think it was a, the day before, a couple of days before, I think it was Wim Hof. Um, and, uh, you know, just focusing on the breathing. I just kind of did, did a, like a 15 minute video on there. And, you know, that was the first time I ever did it. And, you know, I was very, I was, after I did it, I was like, wow, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty cool. Um, and uh, I, I I still practice that one, uh, Wim Hof. I also do other types of meditation too, uh, sometimes in the morning. And uh, I actually quite often I do it after I'm done exercising, like on the bike. Um, and it's, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, not just mentally, but physically. So I'll use the example yesterday. Uh, yesterday, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the whole day yesterday because it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool day. Um, yeah, yesterday morning, uh, woke up, had a, had a good swim, swam for about an hour, about 3,600 yards. Uh, and then I had to get a, my flat tire. I had to get a flat tire fix. Well, with a bike, no problem, but this is with a vehicle. And my son is almost three years old, big in the car. So we went and fixed the flat tire uh, and, and it was a big screw and he got to save the screw after. And I mean, he loved it. Uh, and then after he wanted to go swimming and then uh, I was like, sure. That's why I went swimming with him. And he was, he loves to swim. Uh, and there was a bunch of children, I think nine children in the pool, the most I've seen. And there was a whole bunch of girls and he was like chasing girls for the first time. So, um, that was just kind of a special moment trying to tickle them and stuff like that. So, and then I was like, well, I need to go back. I need to do this swift race. They have these series of four races, um, uh, four races in the course of four weeks, every Wednesday. And I thought I had the time right, but unfortunately I had missed the time. So I was like, I mean, just going right there, you could have like, you know, be all negative and they actually had some prize money in it too. And Hey, I could have been really upset and, um, just a huff about it, but I was like, you know, I'll find another race. So I found another race on Zwift. It was only like a uh, 5.6 mile race. I did it and pushed some really high numbers and I actually ended up getting a, a max heart rate, the highest heart rate that I've ever done was 190. And then I cooled down for a while and then I went right into my meditation. Actually, it was like 17 minutes of meditation. And then literally an hour before, my heart rate was up to 190. And I did meditation, just complete bliss. And uh, one of the most grateful things is like being just appreciative of everything after I'm done. But I always kind of time it on my watch and it checks my heart rate. And physically, my heart rate went from 190 right down to 40 when I was meditating. With training, I like to see like, you know, information and numbers and things like that. But um, so right there just shows you um, how physically it helps you. And there's tons of physical benefits as well as mental benefits. But uh, that was my uh, pretty cool day yesterday. And you know what? I wouldn't have changed anything. Looking back on it, you know, I probably wouldn't have had a max heart rate and pushed those, those numbers, uh, um, yesterday. And, uh, it was, you know what, I wouldn't have missed it for, you know, um, the opportunity that I had with my son. And right now, uh, it just shows that, you know, like sometimes putting family first is, is important. And, um, you know, I still made the best of, um, that situation in that day. And, and I try to live each and every single day like that. When we go to bed, I think it was Gandhi, like our body, uh, we, we die. And then when we wake up in the morning, it is reborn. And that's really what we have to live each day. Each day is a new beginning. Um, and some, some days are tougher than others, but you know, we just got to live each day, um, as it's last and to the fullest. And that's what I try to do.
do you feel those experiences that you had throughout the, just yesterday as an example, do you feel like more of those experiences have always been there and, and you're, and you've always been in a, a calm, reflective, um, athlete in the, in the stuff that we've seen, do you feel like they've always been there, but now you feel more, um, uh, awakened or more, uh, uh, I know you, we can say gratitude, but more acute awareness of those experiences that are happening in the moment as they're happening. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, everything uh, is a little bit more magnified. And, uh, you know, there, there's there's many more moments now in my life where I'll just have tears and I'll just tear up. And But they're happy tears. They're emotions. They're good emotions. And um, I, I feel like I've had a lot more of those moments and I feel like I'm living – it, it, everything's magnified, you know, like before, like, oh yeah, I might get teary eyed a little bit here or there, but now it's magnified three times the amount. And I feel like I have a lot more, um, love and, and things to share. And, uh, you know, that's, I'm not afraid to hide those things from my son either. Um, we've even done a little bit of meditation before, like breathing and things like that. And, um, there's, you know what, with that said, I'm definitely not a perfect human being. There's lots of things that I want to work on. And I, I think that goes with everyone. There's always things that we can work on, whether it's, you know, our personal life or our job or our well-being. Um, there's always things to work on. And, and you know, everyone's heard the saying, you know, the day you stop learning is the day you die. And, and that's the thing as I'm always going to be continuing to learn. And uh, some days are better than others. But the nice thing is we have a new opportunity every single day. But I do feel like everything has been magnified. Mikayo, I've heard you talk about, you know, in those first couple of months before you had go ahead to start training again, that you just, your words, like you just held them really close. And when you think about your life experience with your mom transitioning from this earth when you were, I think, 13 years old and seeing her get sick and, and ultimately having that take her life, I can imagine, I can only imagine that you would hold him close and feel that, that gift that he has been given that you, you got to live, that he gets you. He gets you for more time. And I, I, did you have moments like that? And I mean, were they just overwhelmingly powerful? Yeah, I, I definitely had moments like that. They were really powerful. I, um, I'll remember, I'll always remember like my first run back after my accident and, you know, um, I'm, I'm pushing him in the, cause he was only three months at the time. Um, I, I was put, when I was able to release to ex be able to exercise again, I can't remember how long it was uh, four months or something like that. And I was able to run again. And I just remember pushing him in the, in the stroller and just being so grateful just to be here with him. You know, moments like that, I'll, I'll never forget. And he, he's getting to the age where he's starting to ask some questions and he knows a little bit about my accent and I'll tell him. And, you know, this is something that's always going to affect me. And uh, the same thing as me losing my mother when I was 13 years old, it's always going to affect me. And, um, you know, there's a lot of emotional energy with it. But, you know, I think that part of that is a big driving force what kind of fuels me today to make the most of each day, to make the most of each workout, uh, to try to be my best. And, you know, that's something I want to share with, with everyone because you don't need to necessarily have something really big to go in your life to do something, but 
it will magnify everything. And that's why, you know, whenever you go through something hard, um, you can always come out a better person. And a good um, way to kind of describe it is sometimes uh, you might tell, tell your child, like, that's hot, that's hot, don't touch it. Well, you know what, they have to touch it. They have to experience it themselves. So, um, you know, through life, I'm trying, I'm still experiencing things. He's still experiencing things. But, um, but yeah, like, I think the main thing is, you know, I'm just trying to live life a little fuller and I want him to see that. And, and it's, it's, it's been a blessing each and every single day. Yeah, you guys between your mom and you, and I don't know much about your dad, but from your this lineage of like your mom um, to you to Makayo, like you guys are are leaving this incredible legacy for the human race. That you know, no matter how dark it gets, no, it's positive thinking is not like living in la la land. It's just understanding that with the dark, there's always light, and when we shine the light, when we flip that switch on, there is no more darkness, and we have the control, we have the ability to choose what we focus on. And I think for um, for me personally, that's been the biggest gift of meditation is creating this space between stimulus missing the race and your response to that. Because it is our response that, you know, what we focus on expands and our response is really what's driving what we see in the world. You know, it's if, if I'm focused on the light or if you're focused on the light, or you're focused about the gifts that this incredibly intense experience has gifted you. If you're focused on those gifts, you're going to see more gifts. No, for sure. Um, you know, I've, I've had lots of doors open um, since the accident. And um, yeah, a lot of it is your, your perspective in life. Um, and, uh, you know, I think another thing to touch on is like, what is happiness? And uh, I, when I'm cycling, I'll often watch like TED Talks or, you know, other things on YouTube. And I remember this one TED Talk talked about, you know, the, 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 the longest study or whatever. They, they studied all different types of people, you know, from rich to poor. And the number one thing that they found was um, the reason why people are happy no matter what, what condition you are is the relationships that you have in life. Um, and you know, that's, that's something that, uh, I feel like we can all work on because I feel like the more good relationships that you have, the more happiness you'll have. Um, and it's kind of like, you can't be necessarily sitting there like waiting for happiness to come. Like it need, it needs a certain type of, uh, recipe. It's like you, you're looking at a lawn, uh, like grass, grass lawn that is. And, uh, if you want it to grow, it's not going to grow. You actually, you're actually the one that's holding the watering can. You need to have your your life grow and have some good relationships. And I think that's something that we all can work on and build better relationships and build more of them. It's not necessarily easy, easy, especially during this time when there's a COVID. Um, But, you know, thankfully, there's social media platforms and, you know, like make sure, hey, when's the last time you called and picked up your uh, picked up the phone and talked to your family member versus just text messaging or just uh, you know, messaging, not messaging a friend, but just picking up and calling like, Hey, how are you doing? Because hearing someone's tone of voice is totally different from getting a text or an email. This, this power, this, um, this community around you and the positivity that you're, you're emanating right now. And, and seems like always, do you feel like your community has shifted at all because as a result of just being in your presence? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've had multiple doors open up, um, which has been a blessing. Like, uh, it's it's amazing. Once one door will open, another one will open. Um, and uh, it's uh, sometimes doors close, and hey, that's okay too. And it kind of all rolls back to being in a good uh, frame of mind, positivity, and I think meditation that ha- that helps um, for me. Exercise that helps. Like if I'm if I'm not exercising, so I'm not necessarily 100% myself. And uh, we all need certain things. And uh, there's a recipe for for happiness and uh, everything. To, everything kind of ties together. Um, so what do you have to say to those athletes that say, you know, my, my mind is too busy to meditate or, uh, I tried it, but it doesn't work. Well, it's almost like to that athlete that says that, I bet you they can find someone like, Hey, how come you don't exercise? Oh, cause I'm too busy. Um, and it's really all about your priorities. Anyone can find five minutes to, to meditate. You don't even need five minutes. You can just take like, all right, and say, can take a uh, one minute and just close my eyes, focus on breathing, just do a mini reset. And I do mini resets. Uh, it doesn't take much time at all. And uh, yeah, it's prioritizing, I think. Yeah. So what's the magic action that needs to happen when you don't want to meditate? What's that magic thing that you need to do to get yourself to meditate? That's a good question. And I like this because it gets me thinking because when I'm in this spot, I'm like, all right, I'm not quite myself. I need to meditate and you need, we need certain cues to do that. Um, and I think sometimes if I feel like I'm getting a little bit agitated, uh, which it, it, which definitely happens. And my wife would say it happens more so after the, since, since the accident, post-accident. So I need to think about myself as in sense of like your kind of tone of voice and how your response is. And if you can think of like how genuine was my response and if I feel like if I was a little bit short-tempered uh, or something, then I'd be like, hey, that's a good cue that I need to do probably a mini reset. I'm not quite myself. Uh, because if you're happy inside, it will exemplify what you... And, and if, you're a ne- if you're negative, I feel like it will kind of exemplify... Like if you're negative to someone, you'll probably get negative feedback back. But if, if you're positive, you'll get more positive feedback back. And um, I think you answering that question was was probably great for me because that's something I something else I can work on because there's certain times, let me tell you, being a parent is hard and I absolutely love my son, but he is full on all of the time. And it's very tough for my wife and I to sometimes because like sometimes if my wife didn't sleep well because he didn't sleep the greatest or, you know, um, certain scenarios, it's it's tough. And so let me tell you, we all have moments like my wife and I, and uh, we found ways and we're finding ways to kind of like, all right, take a step back and, and let's ground ourselves so that we're better towards each other because there's been there's been times before that um, I've been heated or my wife has been heated. And it just really comes back to... Um, our son was full on because, hey, he didn't get much of a nap. And it's it's always like life is always about problem solving. I'm like, okay, rewind. Why didn't he get a good nap? And it's all about having, I think, a good structure and have everything flowing. And there's days that are going to be challenging. And sometimes that's testing ourselves. And you know what? It's okay to be tested and it's okay to be upset at times. But I think it's really um, if you can learn from your past mistakes. And that same thing applies to triathlon. Like if, if you did something... Um, 
wrong with a triathlon during a race. Like they, you, we always say like, you know, every time you do a race, you learn something. And you know what? It's true. Every single race, I still learn something like what worked, what didn't work. Oh, I shouldn't have done this. I should have, I should have done that. that. Um, perfect example. Cause I did listen to the podcast with you and Sam Wong about uh, like Ironman Chattanooga. Well, Ironman Chattanooga, I had a couple of issues going on and most people probably don't know it. Um, one was I was leading into the race with actually a mechanical. I been running a, I was running a one by and I put a brand new chain on and it wasn't shifting correctly. And the cassette that I had was, uh, I had a nine cog all the way up to like 32, but it, it wasn't working because I put a new chain on, but I'm like, how, what's going on? Long story short, the, the cassette, I had worn it out of after like, so many races, which less than a thousand miles. Um, well, long story short, I had to end up using a whole different wheel um, and uh, different different gearing. Like my biggest gear was a 50 in front and 11 in back, which normally if, if it's a 50 up front, it would be a uh, nine cog, which is almost the equivalent of a 56 up front and 11 in the back. So one, I had issues and I'm a, I'm a lower cadence guy. So one, I wasn't able to ride with Sam, um, during, during that race, but I did the best I could. And then the other thing is I had my, after like 50 some, after almost like 50 full Ironmans, I had my first ever penalty. And that was, I grabbed water at the aid station and I tried to fill up my water as fast as possible. It was very hot that day. I tried filling up water as fast as possible and I threw it down right away. Well, I guess I threw it just past the last drop and there really wasn't a way in order for me to fill up my water and throw it down because it was very short. Um, distance. So maybe I would have in the future, you know, put the bottle and would have just like put it in my, my kit and race with it that way. But I ended up spending actually a little bit more than I spent probably about six minutes with that penalty because they handed me the watch. And uh, when he handed me the watch, it stopped. And I'm just like talking to another person and then I'm like, um, my watch isn't going. <laughs> um, so it probably could have been a, a little, it would have been a, a little better fight if I had those things. But you know what? That's the thing is there's always things that are going to happen. And, you know, I could have been really upset about it, but you know what? I just did the best I could. And second was the best I could. And congrats. Cause you know what? Sam was the best on that day. And um, you just never know what kind of day you have, but you do through that whole thing there was one thing I did have control of. I had control of my perspective and doing the best I could do, given the circumstances. Pretty big challenges for someone racing at your, at your le- like big opportunities, I should say, for someone racing at your level at, at, to have that, the bottle drop. It's just, it's so close. It's, and, and the mind, this is, this is what we call the untrained mind, wants to argue with it and resist it and, and, and fight, fight for your, your version of it. Um, but it sounds like you just rolled with it, but did you feel, was there in in any of those instances, was there ever any rise of adrenaline and then quickly simmer down? Or do you feel like you just quickly shifted as, as quickly as possible into the solution? Pretty much. You had to shift right away because I feel like if your mind drifts and being negative, you just give up and then your race is done. Um, so, I mean, thankfully those five or six minutes in the penalty went, went by pretty quick. And I think partly if I was there alone, um, I think that 
could have been a very negative thing as in our mind will start thinking like, oh, I'm in the penalty tent. Oh, I need to make up this time. But you know what? I just kind of was distracted by it because someone else is in the penalty and he was telling his scenario. I told mine and, you know, chat back and forth. And before you know it, the time, the time went up. Um, and uh, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's part of life. It probably necessarily, in my eyes, it wasn't the, the fairest call uh, because past that last chance drop, there was probably at least a hundred bottles, you know, and it was just, uh, I happened to be right next to, uh, the one ref that, uh, gave me, um, the, the penalty. And, uh, but you know, that's, that's, that's part of life. Um, you never know what's going to happen. And like I said, when you go through hard times, you always have to keep that positive attitude and perspective. And I like to think that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And uh, that's what I always in the back of my mind. I'm like, everything happens for a reason. And like, who knows if uh, I didn't get that penalty, um, I could have had a bike accident and something could have happened. I always try to look at the positive side and, um, you know, if something didn't go right, what can I do to change it? There's things we can control and there's other things we can't. And I think the most important thing is focus on the things that we, we can control. That mindset training, I, I'm just thinking about this, that. The mindset training is you're doing this every day for the, that very purpose. For You're training yourself to be prepared to um, acknowledge what's happening and then shift quickly because there's no time to, to dwell on and ruminate on all the, on the what ifs and, and, and fighting for your limitations. And, and it almost seems like you, you shifted in that race to an extreme sense of gratitude because you gave a, a shout out to Sam at some point along the race. And, and the run and just told him that he was, he was most likely going to win. How did that feel? You know, like, Hey, he's a, he's a very talented athlete and he works hard. Um, just like all of us. And, um, you know, you put in, uh, it's like chopping wood, you know, you got to put in your time and, uh, and you know, that, that was his day. And, um, you know, there's, there's no reason for me to be negative about it because you know what, like there's been days you know, like Lake Placid, Lake Placid, the day came together for me, but you know what? There's like, I think six or seven other, um, athletes who could have won. I think there was actually six or seven previous Ironman champions, um, that won Ironman. So it was a really a stacked field, but you know what? Everyone has a story and you know what? Someone could be like, someone could come on and say like, yeah, um, I think I could have won that day, but because of this, this, and this, this didn't happen. And you know what? That's entirely true. That, that could have happened. And, um, but you know what? On that given day, it was my time to shine. For Lake Placid, for Ironman Chattanooga, it was um, Sam Long's day to shine. And you know what? I hope I have lots of more days I can shine in the future. But you know what? If not, it's not the end of the world. Like I'm not out to see how many victories I can get. I'm out to enjoy the journey. For me, it's not about, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. The better I do, the better person I am. That's totally not it. Um, It doesn't matter how many victories I have. For me, it's enjoying the journey and really setting the example to others and like my son. Like I want him to know like, hey, never give up. Do the best you can. Because you know what? That goes a long ways. Not just in triathlon, but every aspect in life through school, through your job, through um, relationships, through through everything. And that's the really example that I want to do. And, you know, hey, I'm going to do the best I can to win another Ironman. Hopefully I can win many, many. But you know what? If I don't, that's okay. At least I tried my best. 
So you have raced many Ironmans. Are you at 50 yet or over 50? I I think right about, I think Ironman South Africa would have been my 50th finish. Um, But unfortunately, yeah, right before that, uh, we we were out, we were out in South Africa um, uh, in February and March. And uh, my wife is from Cape Town and we were in Cape Town and we were going to scoot right up to Port Elizabeth to do the race, but literally two weeks right before. yeah, the everything the world started uh, blowing up with COVID, so um, we were we were struggling to try to get back, and uh, we ended up getting on the pretty much paid an arm and a leg, but got on the last flight. Um, and Delta said this is the last flight from South Africa to the United States for the unforeseeable future. So you know what, we were just really grateful just to be on um, the flight getting back. Um, you know, just. For my wife and I, America is home, and we wanted to be back in our soil, and uh, and just wanted to be safe. And um, thankfully, we we did get back. So, okay, so you've got forty nine under your belt. That in yep. the fiftieth, I'm sure, is going to be coming as soon as as soon as this stuff gets back online, which I think it's going to be pretty soon. Here, um, Iron Man's been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, but. For many years, you've been self-coached and quite successful at self-coaching. And we talked a little bit off the mic, you're a Pisces, so I know that you have a strong intuition and connection in with just kind of like how you feel and everything. But at this point in your career, what was driving you to reach out and tell us a little bit about your coach as well? See, well, I wanted to be the best I could be, and I I didn't want to leave any stone unturned. Um, And... What it was, was I think I, I, I ran, I went to school at University of New Hampshire and, and uh, a former, um, another alumni reached out to me. I don't know if I actually necessarily met him. I'm trying, I'm trying to think the connection, but we both ran on the track and field team. I think we might have overlapped a little bit, but he wanted to reach out and he was like, hey, I work for this um this company called uh, inside and you do all these biomarker tests on the bike and it kind of shows you what you need to focus on and working and, and to, to, to improve to be a better athlete. And he's like, I'm off for, he's like, I'll, I'll, you know, if you do the test, I'll give you the information. So I was like, sure. Sounds good. So I did that, did the tests and he was like, he's like, Hey, you know what? I would love to uh, get you in touch with the uh, CEO founder. And um, he, he coaches like, a lot of people in like Tour de France, like Peter Sagan and, and those names. I'm like, well, sounds good. And July of last year, I went to Germany and in Germany, I did a bunch of tests, um, like VO2, lactate test, lactate threshold and a whole bunch of things. And, um, I ended up meeting up with him and it seemed like a good fit. Uh, and I wanted to be my best. Um, and he was interested in it too. He's, he never coached a, a, a triathlete. So I wanted to give it a go. I, right after Ironman Lake Placid, I won Ironman Lake Placid and he goes, oh, looks like you don't need me anymore. <laughs> um, and, and he's like, I haven't even worked, started working with you yet. And then I started working with him after Ironman Lake Placid and uh, all, very heavy focused on the bike and very tough. Uh, it got me really strong, really fit in the bike. Obviously with triathlon, I think it's all about having a balance with the swim, bike, and run. Uh, I think my run kind of took a little bit of a hit 
in a, in a way, but a lot of it is, like I said, having that balance. And sometimes it takes time in order to get those. Whenever you do something new, you need to you need to try to figure out what works and what doesn't work. So that was rolling into Chattanooga, and then literally right in between Chattanooga and Kona was about two weeks, and I've done that multiple times before. I kind of like doing back to back Ironmans two weeks. Um, I didn't really have a training schedule. Um, so I was like, okay, I just kind of did what kind of worked for me. And um, I mean, long story short, I think it was very good. And I'll definitely take some pieces that I've learned from that to grow from it. But uh, the communication really wasn't there. And, and and he was, I think, really focused on the triathlon, uh, or sorry, sorry, really focused on the cycling industry and the Tour de France and working with a lot of uh, teams and like that. So I'm, we're kind of kind of doing my own thing now. Uh, but you know what? It was a very valuable lesson, and I'm ve- if I had to re- rewind, I would do the exact same thing. Uh, communication is definitely key, but I learned a ton, and I'm still learning. Like what works, I feel like right now, I know it works for me in the swim, I know it works for me in the bike, and I know it works for me in the run. I just need to put it all together, which I can know I know I wish I know I can do now, uh, and now I'm just waiting for a race to show it. <laughs> I think it's important to, because uh, I've been self-coached now for about six years too, and you've got to have that trust in yourself. Um, but also I, I heard one conversation you had, which um, I like to I like to wake up and kind of feel into what I'm going to do. I kind of have an idea of what the workout is, but you had you had mentioned like it's great to just wake up and look at a plan and, and just not have to think about it and just execute. Do you find that, um, do you find that having this openness, having this uh, willingness to fail, willingness to tip the scale of the swim, bike and run one, one way for a little bit and come back. Do you feel like that's a a solid recipe long-term to, to really get to what, um, is the unique balance for you as an individual athlete being self-coached? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a number of things. And, uh, I think I think it's very important for um, one. You have to be happy and enjoy what you're doing first off, uh, because if you're not motivated, you're not go- going to want to do it. So first is like you know the motivation and being happy with the workouts. Um, second is I think mixing it up, mixing it up a little bit for your mind and your b- mind and also your body. Just changing, mixing up the stimulus, um, and I mean that can even be from you know the, the changing up the time that you swim um, and, you know, changing the workouts a little bit. But I coach a number of athletes too. And I always tell them my first conversation I have with them, I say, you know, get a journal, write down the things that work and write down the things that don't work because go through that later on, because you're going to find things, what works for one person might not work for another. And, um, and a lot of it is up in the mind because if you can believe you can do something, you can, uh, you know, like having a positive mindset can do so much. If you can believe you can push X amount of Watts on the bike, you're going to do it versus like, oh, maybe I think I can, you know, we'll see what I can do. Having and believing and doing the best. And you know what? You might fail, but you know what? Sometimes you learn the most when you fail and it makes you hungrier too. Um, when you do fail, because it will fit, when you will fail, you what you have to do is like, all right, I have to learn from it. It's going to make me stronger. And that's that's what I've done. Um, 
And do I have the, the, the secret recipe? For me, I feel like I'm always working on it and it's always a work in progress. I remember listening to a podcast way back in the day about Craig Alexander. He won his first Ironman uh, World Championships and he's like, oh, yes, I got, this is the formula. But I remember him saying like, you know what? It, it changes all the time a little bit because there's so many different factors with, um, with uh, how you sleep, how your body recovered from that one workout. Oh, I had this, this um, issue in my calf bothering me. I had to take a little bit more. So everything is always changing. And I think it's important to be open to change and try new things um, and not be in that frame of mind. Like, being stubborn and you know hey i'm stubborn and you know sometimes it's bit me bit me in the butt um but like you know i've i've learned from it like hey you know what maybe that person was right um or maybe i should have done it this way uh it's always good to keep an open mind even when i mean because i am stubborn uh but i feel like i've 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 accomplished a fair amount of things because of some of my stubbornness um but uh there's been other times it's like oh you know what that person was probably right, but it goes back to like, you know, I had to learn myself. Yeah. And we, we, I mean, there was a study at a Harvard university, I think it was in 2011, um, really interesting study. I think it made the cover of Time Magazine, which is super cool. Uh, but one of the things that they saw after eight weeks of, you know, 20 minute meditations was that it increased gray matter in certain parts of the brain. Um, one of those parts of the brain was our ability to take in the perspectives of others. And I feel like in the climate of this world, what a what a beautiful gift we could be giving humanity to just put a little more gray matter in that area of our brain that says, oh, hey, yeah, like me, it's not always my way or the highway. And stubbornness is, you know, it's it, our meditation teacher says, like, live the life that you love and be really stubborn about it, meaning like remove the doubt. You got to nullify the skepticism. You got to keep living from this, you know, this place in your heart. And one of the things that you said earlier was, you know, I think you were talking about um, shining and um, and not hiding behind like, um, you know, that your heart is open and that's a vulnerable quality. Do you feel like, how do you feel vulnerability plays into performance? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I think just, um, you know, just going into really you have to ex- ex- expect w- what's the saying? Like, um, you have to almost go in with like almost no expectations and um, ex- almost expect nothing. And if, if something, m- beautiful happens. It comes, you know, just having an open mind, um, with, with everything. I mean, there, there are so many ways that you can branch off that you could have really long conversations and so many things to tap into. And, you know, what you just mentioned about with the mind and expanding, um, you know, your, your gray matter, um, and going back to the other question about like, Oh, athletes don't have time to meditate you have to think of your mind as a muscle, the same as how, what we swim, bike and run. You need to think of your, because if you think about it and lots of people have asked me like, Oh, wow, you do that. That's so physically demanding, but you know what? It comes down to, it's our mind. That's drop the driving force because we would have never done this, this, and this without our mind. Like our, our mind is the first driver. Then it's the body. Um, and, I, I really feel like the leading thing in sports right now is the mind. 
and that's where I feel like sometimes there's limits. It's it's in the mind, not necessarily in our in our body. And the limits that we have are in our in our mind. So I really feel like it's. I mean, obviously, there's lots of technology out there in in this in the sport, and there's things that are that help minimally, and there's things that help a lot. But you know what? Even if you're given something that says like, hey. If you do this, you're going to be X amount of faster. If you believe, a lot of it is if you believe in it, you will. Now, there are some things that are more, I think, uh, like placebo, like 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 I just mentioned, like if you believe. But I mean, there's other things like, you know, putting a carbon plate and sometimes shoes. They've actually kind of measured that it, it does help a little bit. But you know what? If you, and I've tried to cross my T's and dot my I's with, everything um with swim bike and run so i am prepared the best best prepared and i think preparation deals not with just equipment and i think the biggest thing now is is the mind and i think more and more people are tapping into it and that's that's a very scary thing because you know it's like no one could break a four minute mile and then it happened no one can break eight hours it's happening so i think it's i think it's it's an amazing thing but uh yeah, there's there's much much more that the um, human mind and the body can can do. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely agree. And um, you know, this body that we live in is it's a temple. You know, we want to love it. We wanna we want to rest it because we ask so much of it. Uh, the other thing we want to do is pay attention to our nutrition. And um, it seems as though you've made some switches with your diet, where you're eating a mostly plant based diet. Is that correct? Yeah, mostly plant-based. Um, you know, I've definitely tried to clean up my diet. I mean, I won't say I'm, I'm 100%. Uh, and that's me coming from, I, I grew up on a small farm. Like the only meat that I ate gro- growing up was the meat that my dad and I harvested, um, such as like venison, um, which, which is deer, uh, um, ducks, turkey, things like that. I think from someone having my background from when I I was a hunter to like, oh, you can't eat meat anymore. And my aunts are sorry, my, I have multiple uncles and cousins now that are like are dairy farmers and things like that. Now I will say there, I mean, there's, there have been months where I haven't touched any meat and there has been months where I haven't touched any dairy. I think the main thing is like what you said, our body is a temple and really be resourceful of what you're putting into your body. And I think a lot of Americans have the misconception like, all right, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I need protein. I need, which is meat. And you know what? Kind of like the the periodic table or the, the food table, uh, like that's what they kind of suggested. And that's what you kind of went with. Oh, you need your dairy. But you know what? That's not true. You can get all your protein sources from plant-based. And, you know, you've heard the saying like, oh, you want to be as strong as an ox. Well, an ox only eats plants. You know, with that said, I think going back to triathlon, it's all about kind of about having a balance every little bit in moderation. Um, you know, th- like you don't want to be, because there have been in scenarios when I've been like, all right, man, I the, the choices that I have to eat plant-based, it, it seems like if you look into the ingredients, they put some kind of type of dairy, whether it's butter or egg or, or you know, in everything. So like for me, like if, if 
okay, that looks like a good muffin, you know, but that muffin might have some egg and it might have some butter, but I'm like, you know what? It's not going to kill me. <laughs> it's one of those things that's like, you know what? I'm go- When I have control, I'm going to try to make the most of what I can. You know, like I was, I was with my dad and did I, I, I ate a little bit of wild game with him. And I like to say almost there's like cheat days or whatever. Like I remember seeing Joe, Joe Gambles after Iron Man Lake Placid and uh, I was just so hungry. And there, I was eating something that had some meat and uh, egg in it. And he was like, wait a second, you're, you're doing what? So I'm like, I have cheat days. I'm, I'm not going to, I mean, because I, I know there, there's out there like, oh, you're either 100% or you're 100% out. And, you know, I, I'm going to live a little bit as in I'm not going to, I'll, I'll tell you what, I eat a ton less dairy, a ton less dairy and a ton less meat than I used to. And, you know, long story short, eating a lot of meat and dairy isn't necessarily the best thing for you. And it's not necessarily the best thing for the environment either. It really isn't. For me, I feel like I'm, I, I try to make, I try to make a smoothie every single day. Um, I try to eat like whole foods and in the sense that, you know, when you go shopping at the grocery store, pick things that don't have like 50 ingredients in them, pick things that are like, you know, organic vegetables. Um, and you know, I, it's not like, Oh, I eat salads every day and I'm real thin or something like that. No, you get tons of protein from oats, from, um, from pasta, from rice, from, uh, breads and and nuts and 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 legumes and things like that. So, uh, yeah. Long story short, um, I mean, I just wanted to touch on it because I'm gonna say like, oh, I'm 100%. I cleaned up my diet. I'm a. I eat more plant based. But uh, yeah, that I've tried to take the step to really work on my diet. The only supplements I take um, is vitamin D because our body's kind of hard to absorb vitamin D through, even though we're athletes and out in the sun that there's that. And also, um, an iron supplement. I actually listened to what athlete that you, that you just interviewed and he takes the same supplement as me, uh, in, uh, Matt, um, McElroy? ITU athlete. Oh, Matt yes. McElroy. Oh, yeah. He's yes. awesome. And he takes the same one as me. I think it was like uh, Mega Foods Blood Builder or whatever like mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. That's 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 pretty much the main things that I take. I take that and vitamin D uh, for supplements. Um, but, you know, I have um, athletebloodtest.com. You can go on and get your blood tested. Very simple to do. I've done that multiple times just to make sure that my, my levels are okay with like electrolytes and and, and everything because um, you got to think of yourself as a um, as a car. You know, you want to put in a high performance car, as in like you're you're racing. You want to make sure you're putting um, you know good octane fuel and good oil and kind of the same thing. Yet we have to at least I look at it as I want to treat my body like I am a very high performance uh, vehicle. Okay. <laughs> We're talking the fight for the microphone. <laughs> Go ahead, Beach. Um, because I always forget to ask this question, but what is what does your nutrition look like for for racing? I, I know you use Infinite. Um, is that the sole resource of of most of your calories, or like how do you play that game for Ironman? Let's talk Ironman. Yeah, so so like the it really kind of starts the night before. Um, I mean, and I 
I uh, try to eat a little bit earlier. I, I, I think I listened to, I used to train with Simon Lessing um, when I lived in Boulder, Colorado. And I remember him saying, you know, eating a little bit of an earlier meal, just so your body has a little bit more time to digest. Um, and I usually go for like, eat something with not too much fiber. So I, it's really simple, like, right, like rice, um, mainly just, just rice now, rice. And I'll, I'll put in like some kind of like, avocado dressing or something like that to kind of mix mix it up or throw some avocados in there and then uh in the morning i'll eat like i'll have a black coffee and i'll have some uh like gluten-free plain bagels or whatever in the morning and then pretty much right from uh once i'm racing it on the bike i it's all liquid nutrition and it's all with infinite and thankfully you know infinite does have uh, plant-based options. Uh, you can get plant-based protein. And with, with the infinite, um, on the bike, I have two bottles and I carry them with me. So I don't need uh, special needs. And I have like, I think was it 900 to a thousand calories in each bottle. And there's a little bit of protein in there for, uh, cause if there isn't, you, you, you will get a little, feel a little bit hungry. Like you'll need like to eat a bar or something like that. And that's why I can do everything on a liquid, liquid diet, um, with, uh, infinite nutrition. Um, so that's been, you know, the, I tried them a long time ago and I liked them. And then I had a different nutrition sponsor. And then at the, at the kind of towards the, the middle tail end of 2018, I was like, hey, can you make me something? Because I knew Michael, the owner. And he was like, sure, Matt, I'll make it, which is really grateful. And he made up you know, a concoction that, that uh, kind of would fit my needs and what I was racing with sodium, electrolyte levels, calories. And, uh, and I used that for... 2018 Ironman World Championships when I finished six. And that was like the best since then that I felt the best I have with racing. Like I don't have any GI issues. Um, I feel strong and, and, the, and I don't know any other nutrition company that does it. That's custom. Like you call up, you, you'll talk to someone and they'll ask you a whole bunch of different questions and you can dial in what you want with, with, with everything with protein, aminos, calories, flavor, um, everything, which is, which to me is like, it's really the fourth discipline in like triathlon. It's not just swim, bike and run, but when you get to the Ironman distance, you need to have your nutrition dialed in. So those two water bottles are super concentrated and then you just take water at every aid station yep. or yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I'm pretty much self-supported. So I don't need to really rely on anyone, which is great. So you're going to transition into this this new supposed format of Ironman quite quite easily, where they're saying that there's going to be a little, little more self serve. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that. Um, so you've talked about um, well. First of all, I loved your answer about um, being you know eating mostly plants or plant based or whatever um, whatever we want to label it doesn't really matter because I felt vulnerability there too, like there meaning. You have found what works for you right now. And tomorrow you may wake up and your body needs something different or, um, you know, two years from now. And, you know, that's what that's the message that I hope that the listeners heard was that you really want to find what works for you um, and no hard lines, no hard lines. I have found that a plant based diet, a vegan diet works really, 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 really well for me. But if it didn't, 
And if my body was suffering because of it, I would need to look at that and I would, and I would need to go in and really um, ask for some answers. So thank you for that, for sharing, because I think this this is why we have so much separation in our existence is like, I'm vegan, you're not, you eat meat, I don't eat meat. And it's like, just, just know yourself, you know, just know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think the good, you know, I think a good thing to know that everyone is on a different stage in life right now. It, you can't be like, oh, I can't believe this person does this. Oh, I can't believe this person does that. Each and every person is on a different stage in life. And not only that, is you know what, they have a totally different past than you. And you know what, that's why, you know, speaking about relationships, everyone is wired differently than what, just because I say something to you or someone else, they might think something different. And and it's, as in perceive it a different way, just because we're wired completely different. And that's why I think it's important to have communication. So someone kind of really understands why you have this reasoning, even though it might not be right, or you might think it's not right, but you know, it might be right for that person. And I think really accepting that. And I think it's tough sometimes because sometimes when we think in our head, like that's, that's definitely not right. And you know, a really interesting example. And you know what? He might be right for him. Like you said, everyone has a different diet. Pete Jacobs was completely plant-based and, you know, uh, promoting it and everything. And then I think he went completely like carnivore. Um, and, and people are like, oh man, you're going to get cancer and get this. And, and you know what? He's on his own path. And, you know, I'm not going to be ridiculed and be like, oh, I, he's doing this and he's doing that. You know, he's on his own path. And you know what? As really long story short, what I want for Pete Jacobs and everyone is happiness, and you know that they're they're calm and you know they're spreading love to everyone, uh, and and really that's that's what that that's really what I want, and I hope others can really you know share that as well. I will. Uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to an episode that BJ and I recorded where somebody asked us you know, what do you think of the Pete Jacobs diet? And I had to look it up. I was like, what's the Pete Jacobs diet? You know? And it was, it was, you know, it's like carnivore. And so our answer was very similar um, that, you know, it's, it's what works for him. And, uh, and that's the most important thing. So, you know, that day back in 2017, like I said, you know, this is the first time you and I have talked. Um, but that day it was like, I think we were all with you and Jillian and Mikayo. And uh, I remember thinking about your wife and your son so much. And just, I meditated that day and held them in my heart. And um, I know that, you know, many people around the world were also holding you guys in their heart. And I just wanted to give you a platform if you wanted to say anything to people who have supported you um, on that day and, and since then. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, you know, I think everyone, um, you know, that was thinking me that day. Um, I mean, this is something that's going to affect me, like I said, the rest of my life. Um, there, there's, there's times and moments in my life when I realized how close I, I really was. Um, and, you know, I really, the Lord has given me a, another, um, chance in life and it's just very 
it's very, it's very, can, can be very fragile. Um, but, you know, I just, um, you know, what, through what we've talked about the whole thing, um, you know, I just, I just want to give back to, you know, everyone. And hopefully, you know, if they have listened to this, that they can take something to change their life in a positive way. Uh, and, and I guess that's kind of, through this whole thing, I remember Chris Lieto coming to see me and he was one of the few people that actually came and saw me when I was in the hospital. And I remember talking to him and, uh, you know, like, I'm like saying, Chris, I feel like there's a sign from God that I should be here right now. What is it? What is it? And like, he said, like, you know what? it's going to be something that you might find later down the road or whatever. And, and it's, it's true. Like doors have opened. Um, and, you know, with, with many aspects in life and, and, you know, I think a big thing is I want to continue to inspire others, um, you know, not just for the racing, but to be their best. And, um, you know, I hope and pray that people can see me, you know, as an ambassador for really life and, um, and to make the most of it. And, you know, there's like anything in life. If, if you look at the negative, you'll find more negative, more negative, more negative. But if you, if you focus on being positive, more doors will open. And you know what, there's been so many times that I've taken a couple of steps back, but then I've taken a few more steps forward. And that's what just life is. It's it, there's going to be problem solving. There's going to be hard days. Um, you know, I, I I tear up more so when 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 I'm around my son. You know, just being grateful that I am here and uh, with my family and that I have a second chance. And you know, when when I f- finished really well in 2018, my main goal was to finish what I had started in 2017 because I wasn't able to finish Ironman World Championships, and I just wanted to finish what I started. And um, I'll always remember that moment in finishing the cross, uh, finishing um, the line, and you know, just throwing my hands up in the air and just being grateful to the Lord that I was still alive. And um, and so many, as you can imagine, so many emotions rolling through, but. I was very grateful to be alive and to share it with everyone. And I hope, you know, people could see that and they know my, know the story that, you know, that, and that's what you want to feel. You want to have, you want to have moments that make you feel alive. And that's why I still do Iron Man. That's why I still do, I do the things that make me feel alive. When I go out and, uh, and do a long run and I come back and, and uh, take a freezing cold shower I do that sometimes because it makes me feel alive. It makes me feel good. And I, I'm alive. Do the things that make you feel alive. Like, like if you live someplace where it's cold um, and it's in the spring and you go for a run. And I remember doing this when I was in, in high school, uh, like in, in March March or April, jumping in water. And that that's like probably 40 degrees. And you want to do the things that make you feel alive. And uh and that's what I, that, and that's one reason why I probably take a few, few uh, cold showers more so than some other people because I want to do the things that make you feel alive and, and uh, hopefully spread that to other people. Oh my gosh, that's uh, that's a beautiful way to end this conversation. Thank you. I, I just, I see you just settling into this new level of life and power and connectedness and. Um, 
we are all better off that you're still here and sharing this message. It's a really important message. And I'm so grateful that you get to do it on the stage of endurance sports and beyond, really. You know, we never know what the trickle effect is. So thank you so much for your time today. We're really, really grateful to meet you in this way. And I'm sure our paths will cross again. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me and uh, appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully I can make this a positive thing. So it affects the one person and another person and another person in a positive way. <laughs>